Hello and welcome back to this episode of High Yield Podcast of Medicine. In this episode, we will discuss disruptive behavior and impulse control disorders. What are the list of conditions that are categorized on DSM-5 under the disruptive impulse control and conduct disorders? They include two of the childhood disorders, including oppositional defiant disorder and conduct disorder itself, as well as intermittent explosive disorder, kleptomania, and pyromania. What's the overall definition of disruptive and impulse control behaviors? Such behaviors have four components for their definition. One is the inability to resist an intense drive or temptation to perform a harmful act. By harmful, I mean it could be harmful to self or others. Two, there is arousal and tension as well as an anticipatory pleasure prior to performing the act. Three, during performing the act, there is gratification and a sense of relief. And four, this is usually followed by remorse, dread, guilt, or feeling of self-reproachment. We begin discussion with the disruptive behavioral disorders of childhood and comparing them with a mood depressive disorder of childhood that's disruptive mood dysregulation disorder. What is oppositional defiant disorder? It's a disorder that includes a lasting pattern of defiance. Defiance involves negativity and disobedience together with hostility towards authority figures. What are the examples of such behaviors? Being argumentative or losing temper easily, like one who defies rules and requests or gets easily annoyed. The hallmark is the fact that such pattern of defiance is not associated with serious violation of the rights of others. What's the timing or duration requirement? Such pattern of defiant behavior should last at least six months. What are the epidemiologic features of oppositional defiant disorder? Before puberty, it is more common among males, but later the ratio equals. Also, it's not really diagnosed later than adolescence period. What is conduct disorder? It is a persistent pattern of aggression, but it involves violation of the basic rights of others or societal norms and rules. And it has a specific age and duration criteria. What is it? Conduct disorder should be diagnosed prior to age 18, and the features of conduct disorder should last for at least one year to fulfill the diagnostic criteria. What are the examples of such violating behaviors in conduct disorder? Robbery, animal cruelty, rape, bullying, threatening, or intimidating others. True or false, verbal abusive behaviors are not examples of conduct disorder. That's false. Verbal abusive behaviors, as well as truancy and or vandalism, are all other examples of conduct disorder. 
While we mentioned oppositional defiant disorder is slightly more common in prepubertal males, what is the male to female ratio for conduct disorder? This is considerably more prevalent among male children or adolescents with a ratio of 4 to 12 to 1. That's male to female ratio, meaning that it is 4 to 12 times more common among boys. What are the risk factors for oppositional defined disorder and conduct disorder? Family instability, history of physical or sexual abuse, and other socioeconomically negligent conditions. What is the prognosis of the childhood disruptive behavioral disorders? Oppositional defined disorder may progress to conduct disorder and conduct disorder may progress to antisocial personality disorder. Is this the rule? No, the majority of the patients won't progress from conduct disorder to antisocial personality disorder. However, such progression is more common among boys. We'll discuss the differential diagnosis of these conditions, especially with antisocial personality disorder. But there is one aspect, and that is age considerations for distinction between antisocial versus conduct disorder. What is it? Antisocial personality disorder, first and foremost, requires the individual to be at least 18 years of age, as we already mentioned, while in conduct disorder, individual is younger than 18 years of age. But that's not the whole story. We'll cover in our personality disorder episode that the diagnosis of antisocial personality disorder also requires evidence of conduct disorder prior to age 15 and the pattern of violation of rights of others should be present at least since age 15. That patient in order to fit any diagnosis of personal disorder should demonstrate a pervasive pattern of behavior usually from adolescence and that's why between age 15 to 18 the patient should have these patterns of violation of rights of others to be fulfilling the criteria for antisocial personality disorder. That said, the person also needs evidence of conduct disorder prior to age 15 for the again diagnosis of antisocial personality disorder. In the case of conduct disorder, remember we mentioned that individual is younger than 18. Again, it's not the whole story. The violation of rights of others should have been present before age 15 for the diagnosis of conduct disorder for at least one to two years. And this means the beginning of the symptoms of conduct disorder for the diagnosis of conduct disorder should be prior to age 13. This includes 13 years and 11 months because that is more than one year. More than one year before age 15 means age 13. So that's why Diagnosis of conduct disorder has two numbers. The individual is younger than 18, but the symptoms of conduct disorders, including anything indicative of violation of the rights of others, should have started prior to age 13. Now, what is the management of these disorders? The management of any disruptive and impulse control disorder of childhood is psychotherapy as the first line. What are the pharmacotherapies? For oppositional defined disorder, pharmacotherapy is usually indicated for comorbidities such as anxiety and depression. However, for conduct disorder, the psychotherapy is indicated for assaultive behaviors with antipsychotics or lithium. 
Now, we have a depressive mood disorder of children that's usually discussed together with disruptive behavioral disorders of child and adolescents. And so we also discuss it here. What is it that's the disruptive mood dysregulation disorder or DMDD? What is it? It's a pattern of recurrent and severe outbursts out of proportion to any given situation with certain requirements for the diagnosis. What is the first requirement for the diagnosis? First and foremost, the mood is persistently irritable or angry between the outburst episodes. Why is it significant? Because we have another condition in which such outbursts happen intermittently and mood is normal and not irritable persistently between the outbursts. And I'm talking about, yes, uh, intermittent explosive disorder. But the second requirement is the duration and age. What is the duration requirement for diagnosis of DMDD? Such patterns of verbal or behavioral outbursts such as a screaming or physical aggression should be present for at least one year. What's the age requirement? The age of diagnosis for DMDD is between 6 and 18 years of age. What's the most common pattern of progression of the disease? As we discussed this DMDD among the mood disorders of childhood, you have to remember that depression among children may usually manifest as angry mood or irritability. That means such children have the risk of progression to depression in adulthood. If you want to be even more specific, remember that outbursts happen on average at least three times a week and are present in more than one setting. The frequency of intermittent explosive disorder is twice per week on average. What are the management options? Psychosocial interventions, again, is considered the first line. The pharmacotherapy may include mood stabilizers or antipsychotics. True or false, given the fact that DMDD belongs to depressive disorders, antidepressants are considered an alternative first line for their management. That's false. Almost all antidepressants now have the black box warning to inform parents and patients of increased risk of suicide associated with use of antidepressants among children. That said, either antidepressants or stimulant medications are being currently investigated for their efficacy for management of DMDD and can be considered given monitoring and follow-up is available. Now, let's move on to a couple other disruptive and impulse control disorders. We mentioned only oppositional defiant disorder and conduct disorder are specific to childhood. How about intermittent explosive disorder? Well, intermittent explosive disorder has also a minimum age of diagnosis and that's six years. It doesn't have an upper limit of age for its diagnosis and that's why we don't categorize it as childhood specific disorder. Now, what is DSM-5 diagnostic criteria for intermittent explosive disorder? Recurrent behavioral outbursts that are present in either one of two forms. One form is what I refer to it as low threshold, high frequency type, and the other form is high threshold, low frequency type. So what are these patterns? One is the pattern of verbal or physical aggression that's not associated with physical injury and occurs on an average of two times per week for at least three months. The second pattern includes behavioral outbursts 
that result in physical injury. They are less frequent in that they occur at least three times in a one-year period. What are the examples of verbal or physical aggression possible in the course of IED, intermittent explosive disorder? Temper tantrums, tirades, verbal arguments, or aggression towards property, animals, or individuals all are possible. In addition to the two frequency patterns, twice a week for at least three months or three times involving injury for at least 12 months, what are the other requirements for diagnosis of intermittent explosive disorder? The outbursts are impulsive and out of proportion to what provoked them. When we say they are impulsive it means the outbursts are not planned premediated or designed to achieve certain goals what conditions should be ruled out certain mental illnesses such as psychotic disorders mood disorders bipolar disorder and even antisocial personality disorder should be ruled out however the major four disorders of childhood could be a co-diagnosis. I refer to these four diagnoses as major four diagnoses of childhood, ADHD, autism spectrum disorder, oppositional defiant disorder, or conduct disorder. These could coexist with the diagnosis of intermittent explosive disorder. And at the end of the list, of course, the outbursts should not be a manifestation of a medical condition. Can you give examples of such medical conditions? Traumatic brain injury or any cause of delirium or dementia or direct physiological effects of certain abuse substances or medications could be the culprit and under such circumstances we cannot diagnose the intermittent explosive disorder. What is the management options for intermittent explosive disorder? First line is combination therapy and in psychiatry when we talk about combination therapy we mean combination of psychotherapy and pharmacotherapy. What are examples of successful pharmacotherapies for IED, anticonvulsants, mood stabilizers, lithium and valproate. Now if you are asked what antipsychotic has shown to be specifically successful for management of impulsive behavior what is it that's quetiapine what's the definition of kleptomania repeated shoplifting or stealing what about pyromania it's deliberately setting fires now how kleptomania is differentiated from ordinary theft remember we are discussing kleptomania under the category of impulse control disorders yes so kleptomania is precisely associated with failure to resist impulses to steal objects. This signifies the fact that these objects are not needed for personal use or for their monetary values. The person usually has the money to pay for the objects, he usually returns them or gives them away, and anyways, it's not an ordinary theft. Again, similar to other impulse control disorders, kleptomania is associated with mounting tension prior to the act followed by gratification during the act and possible guilt and remorse or depression after the act. It's impulsive in regard of the fact that the stealing is not planned and does not involve other people. In other words, it's not premediated. True or false, similar to kleptomania, pyromania is also unintentional fire setting. That's false. Pyromania 
is recurrent but deliberate and purposeful fire setting. It's impulse control disorder in that it's associated with affective arousal before setting the fires as well as interest or attraction to fire with pleasure and gratification or relief of tension. And another difference with kleptomania is that pyromania is usually associated with considerable advanced preparation. Now, how pyromania is different from arson? Arson is done for financial gain, revenge, or other reasons and is planned beforehand. Don't confuse the word planned with the word preparation. Pyromania involves preparation, but it is not planned, while arson is planned. Now, what's the management for kleptomania and pyromania? The recommended management is behavior therapy. What type of behavior therapy? Insight-oriented psychotherapy is proven to be first-line management for kleptomania and pyromania. Compared to intermittent explosive disorder, remember, combination of behavior and pharmacotherapy was recommended for intermittent explosive disorder. And this finishes our discussion of disruptive behavior and impulse control disorders.